Father God, we just want to thank you for this time. We thank you, Father God, for using me to speak um, through to your people. We thank you, Father God, that you are going to say things that will um, encourage hearts, that will minister to hearts, Father God, that will help each of us in the situation that we find ourselves in. Father God, let your power be felt as I minister this morning. Father God, let your word touch each one of us and draw us closer to you and help us, Father God, in the things you want us to do for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I don't always like to use my glasses, but I think I'm going to have to. Yeah, it's better. Okay. Today's word is called Prayer Opens Doors. Um, this wasn't the word I had for today. I've been preparing another word. And then this week, the Lord just put this on my heart. Prayer opens doors. There's nobody here, actually, who doesn't, who, if you're going through a situation, if you're a Christian anyway, you're going through a situation, you don't, um, you don't speak to God about it. You don't cry out to God. Who, who doesn't cry out to God and things just happen for them? Serious situations that you're going through. Many of us, we need prayer. Sometimes it doesn't have to be, you, um, you know, praying violently in the spirit. Sometimes it's just, you know, simply just calmly talking to God. But we all speak to God when we need things to happen. We need things to happen when we speak to God. Our example is Jesus who did that. You know, he used to have time away and he used to speak to God. And it was to build himself up, to replenish himself before he carried on. Okay, we see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6. It tells us that our prayer is our weapon. It is our weapon. It is a re it's the major weapon that we have, prayer. And it goes hand in hand with using God's word. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6, it reads, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. As I said before, we see that um, before Jesus even started his ministry, he soaked himself in prayer. In Matthew 4, verse 1 to 2, um, we, we see this taking place. Before he started his ministry, he's our great example to show us that this is the example that we need to be doing. This is what we need to be doing, soaking ourselves in prayer. Even before we have certain events, we pray because we know that prayer moves. Prayer opens doors for us. We need things. Those people who want to get married, they're praying for a husband. They're praying for a wife. You want children. You're praying for these things. You want to pass an exam. You're praying so that God can help you because we know that prayer opens doors. Okay? In... 2 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 17. The Bible encourages us to pray without season because it says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. The Bible encourages us to pray without season. We are to pray, not necessarily nonstop without, um, with, without a break, constantly praying, even in your sleep, you're praying, praying, praying. Well, there's some people who do that, but 
um, that's not what the Bible is saying, but it's just to persistently pray. When you're going through a situation, you're going through something, you need God to move. It's consistent prayer. I remember once, um, some, this is at the start um, when I became a Christian, somebody said to me that when you're going through something, you keep praying, you keep praying. Then when you feel that release, you know it's done. And you know when that release comes. And I felt that when I know that I shouldn't be praying anymore about something, it's done. It's literally just thanking the Lord now. And then you can ease in praying into it. But at the start, until you feel that release, you're praying, you're praying, you're praying, you're bringing things before the Lord, bringing it before the Lord so that the Lord can move. And the thing about prayer is that it's not that God doesn't know what we, what we need. Of course he does. He made us. <laughs> he made our thoughts. He knows what we need. But by praying, we're giving him the permission to move in our situations. That's what we're doing. We're saying, God, please move in this situation. God, hear our Because he knows what we need. He knows the cries of our hearts, but he wants to move in our situation. Um, in Luke 18, verse 1 to 8, Okay, in Luke 18, verse 1 to 8, I'll read what it says. Then he spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray and not to lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God, nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary, and he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears along with them? I tell you what, he will avenge them speedily, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will really find faith on the earth. When you're persistent in prayer, okay, thank you. When you're persistent in prayer, we're trying to move God's hand. We're moving God's hand. Think about even our children. How many of us here, when our children want something, how relentless are they? They're just going on. And on, and on, and on, and on. Until they break you, until you're like, oh, okay, just to take it, just go. Because you just want peace. You just want peace for them. And that's exactly what the judge said here. He doesn't fear God, nor does he regard man. But because, of, because the woman was going on and on, okay, take, take. That's exactly what our children do. You know? If we are persistent with our prayers, we will receive the results according to his will. In Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13, we all know the famous prayer is the model for the Lord's Prayer, is how we are to pray. Not exactly this way, but it gives us um, a model of how we are to bring our prayers to the Lord. Okay? And I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's Matthew 6, 9 to 13. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but let me just go through a few pointers about it. When we come to God in prayer, in the Lord's Prayer, we're firstly acknowledging who he is, 
okay? He is our heavenly father, and we have a relationship with him. Because we're starting off with our father, okay, who art in heaven, our father. We're acknowledging this is my God. This is my father. So we're, we're saying we have a relationship with our father. We are declaring his sovereignty. Hallowed be thy name. We're declaring who he is. By acknowledging his sovereignty, we're saying we know you can do it. We know you can move in this situation for us. We know you can help us. But we know that, you know, uh, with um, these things, it's down to time. But we know he can move. We know he can help us. We're acknowledging his holiness. We're acknowledging his will to establish what he's established in heaven for it to come down to earth. We're saying to him that, well, Jesus is telling us that we need to forgive others so that our sins can be forgiven. Sometimes we forget things that we've done and we're there going, Lord, 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 help, Lord, help. But we need to go and forgive. We need to go and do the things that God is speaking to us about. And sometimes we may forget, but he will prompt us. Because if we do not forgive others, the Lord will not forgive us. We need God's guidance and his input from the plans of the enemy as well. Everything we do belongs to God and we give him the glory. We give him everything. So the model prayer is helping us to acknowledge certain things. Prayer helps us to understand as well, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, for when we are weak, then we're strong. Because when we're strong, oh, we can go around thinking, yeah, I can do this, I can do that. But it's not in our strength, it's in God. If we're acknowledging his sovereignty, his holiness, we cannot do. We can have all the money in the world, we can have so many things, but there's certain things that we need that only God can do. Because sometimes we deceive ourselves, oh yeah, we've got this, we've got that, but no, it's down to God and what he can do. Okay. I just want to go into some promises of God because we see the promises of God in his word, in what he has taught us. Yesterday I was watching um, this guy, Josh, I'm sure some of you know him, Joshua Selman. He's a Nigerian guy, I think. Um, yeah, and one of the things he was saying that when we pray, sometimes we go amiss, and we see that in, um, I think it's James 4. Because we're praying about things that we shouldn't be praying about. When we pray, if we're, what we're praying is not, you cannot find any word to evidence that you shouldn't be praying those prayers, basically. Because whatever we pray, we need to stand on God's word. Everything we're praying has to come from God's word. If it's not in God's word, Forget it, you shouldn't be praying it. So when we're praying, we're using words. It's not just our own eloquent words that we should be using, but God's word is there. Let's use them to stand because these are the promises of God. And this is what's going to open doors for us as we're praying, as we're seeking him. 
Matthew 7, verse 7 to 9 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, find. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. That is really self-explanatory. God has told us we should come to him, whatever we need. But then there's, I'm not too sure if I've put it down, but then there's 1 John 14, sorry, 1 John 5, 14 to 15. So here God is saying, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open. But then there's the other scripture, 1 John 5, 14 to 15. Whatever we're asking, it has to come according to his will. So this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that whatever we ask according to, um, according to his will, we know he hears us. And if we know he hears us, everything we have asked, we know we have what we've asked of him. So we can ask, we can seek, we can knock, but is it his will? So we need to pray according to scripture. We can't, that's why sometimes our prayers, they go amiss. Can I pray for a billion pounds? Can I pray for a billion pounds? <laughs> I guess if God has spoken to me, you know, hey, amen. But what is that billion pounds for? <laughs> That's what we need. And there, there's something else we need to think about as well is that when we pray, we, um, <sighs> this is the analogy that um, the guy used yesterday is that those of us who have children, we care for our children, we love our children, we want the best for our children. They come and ask us certain things. We know it, we're, they're not ready for it. We know it's not the time for them. We will say no and we will explain to them why. And it's the same with our Heavenly Father. Sometimes you go to, to him, oh, you know, that job, I want that job. But it's not, you're not ready for that job. You may not have the the right character, you haven't built up the right character yet for that job. You haven't built up the right skills for that job. So it's like, hold back, hold back. Sometimes the Lord tells you why he's not, you know. Other times it's like, no, you're just there. Okay, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this happening? But it's for our benefit. We love our children. We hold back certain things for them because we know they're not ready for it. And our Heavenly Father is exactly the same for us. He's exactly the same. But with all things for us, because good gifts come from God, he's always on time. He's never late. Always on time. As I'm talking, I'm thinking, am I even going to get through this? Um, okay, Matthew 14, verse 19. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the, to the disciples. Sorry, gave the loaves to the multitudes. Jesus, let me just highlight this part. He blessed and broke and gave the loaves. No, sorry, before that. He took the five loaves and two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he's looking to God, asking the God to bless this. He blessed it and broke it. We seek God when we need something. 
It's down to him. Sorry, just bear with me. Jeremiah 29, 12 to 14. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. The Lord wants us to go to him in prayer. And when we go to him, it's not half-heartedly going to him, but it's speaking to him with all our heart. We're not leaving things behind. We're being open. If we are not transparent, vulnerable before anyone, God is the one we need to be transparent and vulnerable before. Open up your heart, whatever you're going through. You may not have told people the things you're going through, your weaknesses, but God, you can speak to him. When you seek me with all your heart, God wants all of our heart, all of our heart, not some of our heart, all of our heart. Matthew eleven twenty-two 22 to 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. This is a promise of God. We need to come before him. We need to have faith. We need to say to this, the situation to go. We need to not doubt in our hearts. Mm, is it going to? Is it going to? Mm, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. No. We need to know that, yes, it's going to happen. Because when we doubt, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Luke 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We have the authority, the same authority that the disciples have. We have that authority as well. And we have this authority to defeat the power of the enemy. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. It's another promise from God. When we're going through stuff, just know not to fear. But he is with us, not to be afraid. He's going to strengthen us. He's going to help us. And he's going to uphold us with his righteous right hand. I'm going to ponder on this next scripture a bit, and I'm going to link it to another one. So James 5, verse 16 to 18. Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. 
The effective, fervent prayer for a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Okay. Firstly, let me just go through this. This scripture, it teaches us a few things of how to t- help us in our time when we're, we want God to move in our situations. Firstly, it requires us to confess our sins. Because before we go to God, we need to confess our sins. We need to, confessing our sins is a daily thing that we need to do. Um, as Nena read that scripture, 1 John 1 verse 9, that, that if we confess our sins, um, he's faithful and just to forgive us and What's the next? So, and cleanse of all unrighteousness. Going ahead of myself. So, we, we're required to confess our sins, okay? To make sure that there is no blemish there when God is going to move. So, that's the first thing. We're to be fervent in our prayer. It doesn't say be, oh, you know, I don't, you're okay. Okay, yes, Lord, this one. We need to be fervent in our prayer, okay? We need to be fervent. Fervent means been passionate, when we're being really passionate, when you're desperate for something, when you're desperate for something, whoever's been in a desperate situation, you see how you are. It's like you're going crazy. So you move, you move in a way that shows desperation. So our prayers need specific, um, intense situation, okay? We must be righteous in our ways, our attitudes, our conduct, and our chat as well when we're going through certain, when, when we need God to move. We need to make sure that we're not, um, when we're, we're not being negative, we're not being certain ways so that God can move in us. The Bible says that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And for me, that gives me comfort. It, cons- it helps me, it encourages me. Because it's telling me that he was a man like me, so therefore, he was a human being. Didn't have any special powers. Wasn't Superman. Wasn't, what was it I was watching yesterday? Avengers. Wasn't one of those that had special powers. But he was like us. But God used him. And he allowed God to use him. So there's hope for the rest of us. For God to move in our situation. And I remember, um, actually, let me just say this. Elijah's name means Yahweh is God, okay? He was a man with a nature just like ours. God used him. He wasn't perfect. Elijah was somebody who had, and I remember Mecca speaking about this um, in previous um, weeks. He had his ups and downs, but God used him. Do you see where I'm going with this? The same can happen for us. In 1 Kings um, chapter 19, he showed fear. This is right after um, God moved in the the situation in Mount Carmel when um, the people had turned to Baal. Most of the people had turned to Baal, the Baal God. (laughs) Most of the people had turned to the Baal God. So therefore... He brought them down to Mount Carmel, and he wanted to show them that that Baal God you're worshipping, 
just ignore him. But what he said was that we will have sacrifices there, okay? And if the sacrifices are lit by your God, let's see what happens, okay? And what do you know? The Baal God, they're waiting, waiting. He was even teasing them. How long are we going to be waiting for this fire to, you know, ignite? But guess what? Our God lit the fire for his people, and he saw most of them come over to our God again, and he was actually showing them that this is the God you should be serving. This is the God you should be serving. And then the Baal priest, he basically killed them. So after God had showed him victory at Mount Carmel, he was showing fear. And why? Because of some Jezebel, the woman that Ahab had married. Okay, so even though he, God used him, he was up and down. He was somebody who experienced highs and lows um, in his emotion. He was down one minute and up the next, okay? But despite, his, um, despite how he was at times in his emotions, God used him. God saw him as, a serv- as his servant, and he used him for his glory. But there's also many strengths with Eliza as, as well. So then in James 5, 16 to 18, this is linked to... 1 Kings 17. Eliza did not make decisions in isolation. He always touched, he, he always basically was in touch with God. Okay, being the servant of God that he was, he was always in communication with God, wanting to know what God should, um, what God wants him to do next. So in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, I'll read that. 1 King chapter 17. I'm not sure if I... Okay. It says, Elijah tells Ahab who married Jezebel, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Okay? So this is linked to James 5, 16 to 18, when he was saying that there will be no rain. Okay? And uh, on his command, there was rain. So he told Ahab, there shall not be no dew nor rain these years except at my word, okay? And during this time, a lot of the people had turned to Baal gods. A lot of them had turned to Baal gods. This is why this was happening during this time, okay? Ahab was married to, as we know, the famous um, Jezebel, and she supported the worship of Baal god. And this, um, yeah, this, this heavily influenced the people. And this was a very crucial time in the history of um, Israel, okay? The worship of our one true living God was very, very remote. Very, very little people um, were worshiping God during this time. Sorry, I've just lost my place. Sorry. Okay, so, yeah, very little people were worshipping God during this time. And this is where Elijah then intervened. 
More people were worshipping Baal gods than the one true living God. Okay. So, sorry, I seem to lose my place. Elijah was not, he was the prophet of drought during this time because he was causing this to happen on the instructions of God, okay? In the sense, he was the cause of the drought, okay? Through God, God was speaking to him and he was make. he wasn't, it wasn't because of him that this was happening. It was through God that this was happening with him. So Elijah told Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, he's actually declaring to Ahab who God is. I may be standing in front of you, Ahab, but God is here. Other people may not recognize God because they're worshiping Baal God, but as the God of Israel lives, whom I stand, before whom I stand, you guys may not be worshiping God because you guys think he's a dead God, but I believe in him. You're going to see the power of God, okay? You are going to see the power of God. No rain, no dew. Okay, so that's the first thing. Ask the Lord God of... No, sorry. And also we see in... This is also linked to James 5, 16 to 18. In 1 Kings 18 to 42, this is when Elijah actually... Because before he said there was going to be no rain. But then he brings rain, and this is actually what happens in 1 King 18, verse 42. Back in the day, the women, they didn't have any um, beds to lie down to have children when they wanted to um, have children. So what they then had to do... Is this me? Okay. Yeah, so what they then had to do was that they had to crouch down in a certain position to give birth. Okay. So Elijah, in order for him to bring rain, he got himself in that position. Don't we actually want to do it? <laughs> but got himself down in that position, crouched down position. Okay. And it said that in eight, 1 Kings 18, um, 42, it says, he crouched down to the earth and put his face between his knees. So it would be something like, putting his face down, but going all the way down. If I had trousers, I would have done it. And when you see this position, he's actually doing that travailing, travailing, okay? He's travailing, because when you travail, it's like you're birthing something out. So he's birthing out God's plans, which is for the rain to come, okay? And when he did that, and obviously, again, like I keep saying this, this is linked to James 5, 18. Then rain came. Obviously, it didn't just come like that. There were different signs that were shown. But yeah, so prayer works when we do it in the right way. We need to know how to go about praying. Praying, we pray amiss, like I said, because we don't want to um, go according to God's word, but then also not following what God wants you to do. You know, there are times when we decide, okay, then this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do something. But God is not in it. He's not telling us to do that. And there's nothing wrong with what we're doing as well, how we want to go about things. 
But it's just, it's not God's plans. It's not what he wants. That's not what he wants to do. We think, oh, yes, Lord, we know how this is going to turn out. We know what we should. No, we need to just listen. And sometimes the things he's saying to us, oh, my days. Huh? What? Sorry? But we need to listen. We need to. It's like, you know, my, my children will probably think, oh, here she goes. But you say certain things to them because you're older and supposedly wiser than them. So you say certain things, but they don't understand in their innocent minds. They think, what is she going on about? What is he going on about? But it's for your own good. You know, the Bible tells us that the Lord knows the beginning, sorry, the end from the beginning. Who am I to stand there and say, Lord, um, why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? He knows the end from the beginning. He created us. He knows us inside out. I think I've gone off there. Let me get back. Okay, oh, my time's nearly up. Okay. So, as I said earlier, Elijah birthed God's plans on earth, and then we saw the rain. Okay? So, things to do whilst we're waiting for heaven's doors to open to us. We're waiting for that breakthrough. We've been praying, 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 and we're waiting for God's hand to move. We need to trust in God. I know that sometimes for me, this is where I go up, down, up, down, up, down. My emotions are going up. One minute's there, the next minute's like, oh. But we need to trust in God. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, 3, chapter 5 to 6, that we're to trust in the Lord with all our heart, okay? And we're to lean not on our own understanding. Not my understanding, because my understanding is human un un understanding. It's very carnal. But in all our ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct our paths. Elijah trusted God. He relied upon God. Otherwise, he would not have succeeded with what he did. We're also supposed to ask God for his peace. We need his peace. Because when calamity is all around us, we need his peace. When things are not going the way we want them to know, we need his peace. For the peace of God to be with us. And Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7 tells us that, Be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Meditating on his word. Psalms 119-105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When we consistently meditate on his word, that word helps us. It gives us strength to carry on. You know, it really does give us strength to carry on. It helps us in when we're feeling down. And also when we feed on his word, those doubts that we have when we're waiting for God to move, it eliminates those doubts. It eliminates the doubt. Also, clothe yourself with the right mindset, ready for battle. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We really need that mindset. And surrounding ourselves with like-minded believers 
Romans 15 verse 1 to 2 says, but then we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good leading to edification. Surrounding ourselves with like-minded people. That's going to help us edify our spirit when we're going through things. Another one is building on our faith. In fact, that's the last one. Building on our faith level. Hebrews 11 verse 11 says, By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. I don't know about you, but when I hear success stories of faith, it encourages me, it builds me up. And I know that, oh my goodness, this is real. I really do pray that as we go through different things that may come up for us, we will continue to knock on heaven's doors in the right way so that doors can be open for us. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm going to pray. Father, Lord, I thank you. Father, Lord, I praise you. I want to speak Psalms 37 verse 4 over your people this morning, that we will delight ourselves in you, Lord, and you will give us the desires of our heart in the name of Jesus. I also pray, Father God, verse 20, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, that as you know the thoughts that we, you think towards us, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give us an expected end, that we will continue to trust in you. And I also pray, verse Matthew 7, verse 7 to 8 over us, that we will continue to ask so that it can be given to us, seek so that we can find, knock, and the door to be opened to us. Lord, I thank you. Have your way in us this morning. Have your way, oh God, in those online, those here. Have your way, oh God. Help us, Father God, to seek you in prayer, to trust in you, to dwell in you, Father God, and to meditate on your word. Lord, as we go through, some going through challenges now, Father God, I pray, oh God, that you will have your way in each situation. You will turn things around. We will believe in the power of God to move in our situations. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.